Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. A little cabaret to take you into the five o'clock hour. Hi, how are you? It's Tutel and Nuanas, hour number two. Get into some NFL out of an interesting Sunday in the professional football ranks. If you missed anything in hour number one, Check it out on the podcast. The Tutel Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. You can listen to us there anytime you would like. We're happy to have you. We appreciate you all being on board on the podcast. If you're listening there now, shout out to you. Thanks very much for doing it. The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you want to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. You can text that phone number as well, 361-3688. Our esteemed producer, Reese, will fire that right here to my phone, which I'm holding in my hand at this very moment, and then I will know what you have to say. It's, it's the only way you can ever get Ryan to text you back. Text him during the show. Yeah, that's right. Other than that, this phone goes into a uh, uh, a drawer underneath a bunch of clothes for the other 22 hours of my life. Uh, go ahead and uh, 361-3688 is the phone number. Again, you can call that. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. If you would like to uh, listen live, you can do that on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. Click the Listen Live tab. You jump into the stream all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. I know you want to get in the Seahawks game first, and we will do that, but in terms of pertinent NFL news that uh, has to do with folks from the great state of Montana. Mm. Two different pieces of news. First of all, did you watch Sunday Night Football game last night? Unfortunately, I did. I mean, what an abomination. Abomination. It was like brutal to watch. Brutal. What is going on? Can I tell? Okay, I let I teased this at the start. Okay, Coulter. I had an epiphany last night. Okay. Okay. 
I, I, I promise you, now th- th- it might be obvious, it might sound obvious, I, I, I don't know that this has ever happened before, not that I'm aware of. The, the NFC East mm-hmm. is the four worst teams in the NFC. Like the entire division, I promise you, is worse than every other team. I I got a hold list on, here. Hold on, I'll the, rip it You're right. The worst teams <laughs> because because in the, the NFC is Atlanta, maybe Minnesota, Detroit, San Francisco, absolutely Carolina. We we do this make it ready podcast or shot ready where we pick all the lines. Yes, and there's a couple different things that I've been really trying to help my brain fix. The Lions Colts game was the greatest example of it. Since the beginning of the season, you've wanted the Colts to be good. They're just not that good. They looked pretty good yesterday, but they're just not that good. Yeah. Even though they are. They should be. They are, but they're not. Yeah. The Lions are the Lions, and you think that they should suck, but they don't. They're actually pretty good. They but actually, then they lose. Well, right. They lost yesterday, but I actually don't. I think the Lions have as legitimate of an outside shot at being the last seed out of the NFC in the playoffs as a lot of teams. I mean, the Lions have looked objectively better. They're not more talented, but they've looked objectively better than, at times, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Vikings, the, I mean, even the Bears. I know the Bears are much better on defense, but the Lions have looked okay on offense. Sometimes you got to help teach yourself. So I agree with you, actually. You want to assume the Lions are one of the worst teams in the NFC, but they're not. They're not worse than the Cowboys or the Eagles. They're, they're, who are the two best teams in the NFC East? Right. You watched last night the two best teams in the division play just horrific football. And I, I, I'm, I, I don't know that this has ever happened. I mean, what's the worst... The, Conference, or excuse me, division in the in the AFC. Is it the East with the Jets and the f- four straight lost New England Patriots sitting there? You still got the Bills. They're not even close. But the they're, Bills didn't even look that good yesterday. No, either. they didn't. But they're still one of the better teams in the AFC. Like you will never find a division that has the four worst or four best teams in it. It'll never happen. Right. I mean, I sit here, I've screamed up and down about how great the NFC West is, right? Yep. I continue to to harp on this. The NFC West is the best division in football. But they don't have close to the four best teams in the NFC. No, they don't. There's a bunch of the Bucks, the Packers, the, the, the Saints, perhaps, a bunch of teams Dalvin that are Cook. better than the worst team in that division, whoever it turns out to be. Yep. It never happens, but it is definitive. The absolute four worst teams in the NFC are all the teams that comprise the NFC East. Period. When, when I'm watching last night, it, it's not like it's easy to objectively analyze when teams are really, really lacking in talent. The reason last night's game was so brutal to watch is that's so far down the list of why these two teams stink. It's so far down the list. Totally. Doug Peterson had the magic. He lost it. They don't have any continuity offensive play calling. Carson Wentz went from the Front runner to win MVP on a team that was undefeated to a torn ACL to a shell of himself. He's never been back. Mentally, he looks like he's got the yips. He's scared. He makes errant throws. He's so talented, but sometimes he makes these throws that you're like, who are you? This is garbage. This Mm -hmm. is terrible what you look like. And then on the Cowboys side, I don't even want to go there. I mean, the Cowboys are actually ridiculously talented. (laughs) They're ridiculously talented. They have more good players defensively than almost anybody in the entire league. They can't play. They can't line up right. They have no effort. The whole thing is is terrible. To get to the local angle of this, though, yes. Alex Singleton from Montana yes. State made his third straight start. The for, best player in the game last night. I mean, the thing is, like, he's not just some cute off the practice squad Rudy story. He's making plays. Like, he's made plays each of the last couple weeks. Pick six on Sunday night three weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, he had the nice 
hit of the quarterback that forced an error throw that forced uh, two weeks ago that yeah, forced an right. interception yeah, yeah, yeah. where he blew when up he the lead right up the middle and, yeah. and smashed the yeah. I think they're playing Chicago yeah. and then last night he led the team in tackles eight tackles five of them solo so right now he's got 25 tackles on the flip side of that on the other side of the coin Dante Olsen former University of Montana linebacker who was signed to the Eagles practice squad a couple weeks ago was released by the Eagles this afternoon Okay, I actually thought he had a chance because they are sort of imploding and they've had some injuries and they're, they're obviously they're not imploding they're leading the division <laughs> isn't that the truth but I thought that he had maybe had a chance to hang I don't know why they're cutting a guy off the practice squad right now when there is extended practice squads I don't know if that's an injury thing or, well, I, I or mean, what the all, details all of are. this is Usually if you're on the practice squad at the end of it and you get released, there's obviously the thing where you haven't done, uh, where you make a mistake. You know what I mean? You do something, you break a rule or whatever. But at this point, nobody's getting cut because all of a sudden there's some realization about, oh, you're not good enough to be here. You're only being cut because we had to make a roster move at another spot and you turn out to be the the, the guy without a chair in the musical chair go around. You know what I mean? That's what it is. And, I, and like you said, I don't know the specifics of this, but this isn't about talent. This isn't about you know, oh, you know, we th- we brought you in, then we let you go, then we brought you back, then we let... That is all just about the the chemistry and makeup of a salary capped professional league. And, you know, you become a casualty of that sometimes. And how many stories, Coulter, have we heard of guys who've been, you know, hired, fired, cut, released, moved around, you know, 10, even 20 times to different teams all the time. Right. I mean, and that's why sticking with it's so important. Totally. It's, I, I do think that Dante also will figure out a way if he decides to continue to dedicate this himself to this as his profession, which I expect he will, that he will find a place where he can gain some traction. Totally. And once he does, then that's where you see it. I mean, Alex Singleton is the blueprint, right? Alex Singleton was doing exactly what Dante Olson was, is doing currently. Mm-hmm. Alex Singleton was doing that when he first came out of Montana state, he bounced around to three different practice squads, take, takes a flyer in Canada. And then now he's a legitimate NFL starter. Let's get into uh, this game uh, yesterday between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Seattle Seahawks were ahead uh, 27-7 to going into the fourth quarter yesterday, absolutely dominating in this football game. Yeah, it was brutal. Jimmy Garoppolo left the game. He never looked right in this game. You know what I think about Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't, I don't think he... He's just not... If he's your quarterback, you need a new quarterback. That's what I think. Also, he's injured. But who? Doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't Nick matter? Nick Mullins. How about that? No. He came in and threw, scored 20 points for his football team in the fourth quarter. Now, he's... he's Against a terrible Seattle defense. They're, 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 they're a defense that held Jimmy Garoppolo to seven points in three quarters. So if you, you can't have it both ways, if they're a terrible defense, then your boy's got to be better. The other point being, the Seattle Seahawks, who are not great defensively, look like they're going to get Jamal Adams back this week. He's expected to practice all week long. But more than that, they bounced back from a loss against Arizona against a team that had been surging in the San Francisco 49ers coming off of back-to-back wins. In fact, back-to-back dominant victories. And all of a sudden, they can't do anything against the Seattle Seahawks, which is, you know, pretty remarkable. And they talked a lot during this game about this is a team that actually has the numbers belie how well they've been playing at times. And how about Bobby Wagner, 
11 tackles, seven of them solo. I think he had three or four tackles for loss, two sacks, and three quarterback hits. He was absolutely savage yesterday in this football game. was great. George Kittle also injured in this game. He's broken a bone in his foot. Late in this game, it's so... I mean, you go out, you play football. That's what you do. So I'm not sitting here criticizing anyone or anything, but this is a game that is already over. He goes on a deep route and makes a great catch and then ends up flipped over and breaks his foot. He's out eight weeks, what I understand, George Kittle. Jimmy Garoppolo may not be back at all if he ends up having surgery on what they... You know, they have it called a high ankle uh, sprain, but we know that... You know, a severe high ankle sprain is actually one of the sort of worst type of injuries you can have. San Francisco, man, I feel bad for the Niners because this is a team that was supposed to be and was absolutely Super Bowl contending great. They were in the game last year anyways, but but again, what they were returning and the way that they do it, running the football, the defense that they got, and this is a team that truly the injuries have done this team in, and they're not in contention anymore. They're, they're not in contention to me for the rest of the season. I mean, this is a team that last night with those injuries adding to the ones that they've already had marks the end for this football team. They're 4-4, four and four, which is fine, but you know what 4-4 four and four is? Last in the NFC West. And so, you know, I, I feel bad for San Francisco because they're so much better than what they're able to be right now. And and the you can't you can't be it unless you're out there you know playing and that's that's the reality of this I think a lot goes into it not having an off season or you know proper off season preparation all that but you know nobody did so it's not like it's an unfair thing but it's just a reality and Seattle reasserted themselves to me as uh, you know a contender in the NFC. Here's a list of 49ers injuries right now. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Do we have time? Running back Rasheem Mostert. Running back Tevin Coleman, although he did come off IR and played a little bit yesterday, but did not get nearly the role I thought he would have. Running back Jeff Wilson. Debo Samuel. Jalen Hurd. George Kittle. Jordan Reed. Weston Richburg, who's their starting center. Nick Bosa, their best defensive player. D. Ford. Ziggy Ansah. Solomon Thomas. That's your whole D-line right yeah. there. Richard Sherman. Kawan Williams. I mean, it's it's an unbelievable amount of injuries. Uh, the number of them, the amount of injuries is unbelievable, but also the fact that it's almost all of your best players mm-hmm. like that. To lose Mostert, Kittle, Samuel, and Bosa is just brutal. I don't know how anybody... It's terrible. Uh, bounces back from that. And I think that the silver lining here for the Seahawks, not a silver lining, you don't need a silver lining when you're six and one and you just pounded your rival handedly on uh you know in a in a in a marquee matchup. But the cavalry's still coming for the Seahawks. Right. They did that without Carlos Dunlap being cleared yet. They did that without Snacks Harrison being up to game playing shape yet. They did that without Jamal Adams in the lineup. All three of those guys, those three guys stand to be their best defensive players with the exception of Bobby Wagner at the moment that they step on the field. Yeah, I mean KJ Wright is is sure. a very good 1A linebacker and I'm I'm I must say Carlos Dunlap I have some optimism about Snacks Harrison I'm not uh, he's 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 a very good player that I'm not sure he's any more going to be able to be that we will find out soon enough. But the point is this is a defense that is stands to improve from a personnel standpoint from what from what they are right now and they're 6 and 1. And so, you know, that's good. I have tiered the NFC, Coulter. Okay, I got one more point on the Seahawks. Okay. I saw a hilarious tweet yesterday. And I right. just, it's worth sharing. Yes. The tweet just said, DK Metcalf's three-cone drill at the NFL Combine might be the greatest thing that ever happened to the Seattle Seahawks franchise. 
because he, everybody said, "Oh, he's stiff. He, he can't, can't move. move. He can't yeah. move." Okay, I, the guy looks like freaking Megatron to me. Uh, twelve for one sixty and twelve two. for one sixty one and two. You got it. Um, pretty good line. What was the bet? Thousand receiving yards. That's what he had to do, right? Yeah. Feel he's, pretty good about it. I mean, I think you're almost already there. Yeah, he's um, got. Uh, let's. See, he's got 680 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. The uh, the other game that uh, mattered to me yesterday was just horrific to watch for Packers fans as the hapless and terrible Minnesota Vikings won because they have a great player and no answers on defense, and this is why I don't think the Packers are. Um, what, what do I want to say? An apparition. They're not fake, but they haven't been exposed until yesterday by, by the way, not a great team in Minnesota, but a great player and a great running game and a great scheme, as it turned out yesterday, that they literally do not have the physical capacity to stop. There is no answer. Okay. Dalvin Cook's a great player. But you got to be better than that. I mean, that is just absolutely unacceptable. And if Aaron Rodgers had, had his absolute best day, you know, the Green Bay Packers maybe, you know, find a way to win a game like that. But this is just Green Bay to an absolute T. Is they look great, they look great, and it's fool's gold at the end because they're not really a contender because they are not capable of doing what needs to be done in big-time games against teams who can really play, especially running the football. So that's what I think about the, the Packers. They This it was an exposure game for Green Bay, and they didn't deserve to win it, and they have to make some moves. They have to shore this thing up. Even if Kenny Clark's sitting there, like one guy is not the answer here. It's 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 it is it's as much as much about mentality mentality and desire as anything else. That's just unforgivable. What I watched out of Green Bay last night, and congratulations to Minnesota, who is much better than their one and five and now two and five record indicates. Particularly when they do what they should do with a healthy Dalvin Cook. I have tiered the NFC, Colter. In fact, I've tiered both conferences for you. Okay. Okay. There are two teams. Two teams and two teams only at the uh, top of the NFC. What have I done here? I've put the wrong team in. I'm all turned around. I got you. You meant to say the Seahawks. That's supposed to say Bucks and Seahawks. Tampa Bay and Seattle is the two best teams in the NFC, and they're alone in that class. The next tier has the Packers, Saints, and I am putting the – Arizona Cardinals in there. And then I am putting the Rams alone wow. in the third tier and then everybody else. Hmm. You think the Rams are definitively better than the Saints? No, I have the Saints in the second tier. Okay. Packers, Saints, and Cardinals, but I do think the Rams are definitively better than the Bears. Man. I think they're definitively better than anybody else you want to talk about in the NFC. And I will say, I think the NFC clearly is the is the little brother conference not close okay but also this is the thing about the nfl it doesn't matter because you don't got to worry about that till you're in the super bowl right you know at the end but in any case that's that in the afc and by the way the steelers stay perfect great game against baltimore baltimore terrible loss on the offensive line fails me the name of the 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 man at this very moment but uh just signed to a long extension ronnie stanley Stanley, thank you long extension and now he's out terrible injury uh but baltimore is a very very good team i believe very much in baltimore but 
Right now, there's two teams also at the top of the AFC in the top tier, and it's Pittsburgh and it's Kansas City. Baltimore, to me, is alone in the second tier. And then I think you have a significant drop-off to the third tier, Tennessee and Buffalo, who are alone in that tier, even with the loss to to to, to Cincinnati by the uh, by the uh, uh, Tennessee Titans yesterday, they're there, and then it's everybody else after that. So there you go. I got six teams tiered up in the NFC, five, uh, and five teams in the AFC, and then everybody else is basically irrelevant when you talk about the long haul on this thing. We're to the point in the NFL season that happens every year, but it's been more accentuated and more profound this year, where now. With the exception to me of the Seahawks and the Steelers, we've seen every team look terrible. Even the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Chiefs look terrible defensively against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Bucks look non-existent offensively against yeah, the Bears. for sure. We've seen the Cardinals look completely out of sorts on national TV, and the Cardinals look lights out and beat the Seahawks on national TV. Yeah. But the Cardinals beat the Seahawks. That was that was just a, a track meet where one team had the ball last. It wasn't the Seahawks looking terrible. The Seahawks, everything, that's what's so funny about the Seahawks. That's why they're such a hard analysis. Everything about them that we both agreed was their definitive weaknesses coming into this year have been completely and utterly exploited. But it doesn't matter. They're averaging 35 points per game. Yeah. So you can't stop them. <laughs> you can't stop them. Yeah. And so it, the strengths have overwhelmed the weaknesses. And I'll admit I was fully wrong on them. I, did, I just didn't think that they would be able to sustain scoring 35 points a game. But here they are seven games in, and they have. But they, they've looked bad in the areas that they're bad for seven weeks straight. But it doesn't matter. They're 6-1. <laughs> and one. Right. KC uh, has looked just exactly how you expect them with the exception of the one game yeah. against the Raiders. The Steelers have yet to look bad. They've looked uh, vulnerable, but they've also looked like they can win close games because they have. They've beat two really good teams two weeks in a row That's in right. late, uh, in fourth quarter yep. fashion. Yep. But then the Titans have looked menacing at times and horrific on defense sometimes. Mm-hmm. The Bills have looked like a Super Bowl contender and what the hell is Josh Allen doing? Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I was like, what what's going on? He's waking out. He can't he's doing he's he does not look like the veteran savvy yeah, guy that I mean, he did a couple weeks ago. Yesterday is a little bit of an anomaly just because it's like forty two raining and blowing sure. in that game. But you know, the the point is well taken. Here's the thing though to me. The three best teams in the NFL are the three best teams in the AFC. That's true. The Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Ravens are all better than anybody you want to talk to me about in the NFC, and the only one you could convince me of later, not now, later, would be the Buccaneers. And when you're talking about who is contenders to make true playoff runs, that's the part where then I get muddied because I think that if I watch you get the ball run right down your throat, then I have a hard time believing you could ever win in the playoffs. 100%. And that's exactly what happened to the Packers yesterday. Yes, yes. I thought it was a very exploitative How did the Packers lose... Every time they lose in the playoffs, they, they the sit there and they just take field. it. Yep. So I, I want to backtrack then. Okay. I know the answer, but when the Packers go against teams that run like zone blocking schemes, like the Gary Kubiak coached Vikings did mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. they look so bad. Why? Because mm-hmm. they, they, they don't have the personnel or the scheme to do it. So that's my question then is, when's the last... So the Packers have perennially through my lifetime following them, had uh, great players 
on the defensive front, mm-hmm. whether it was Reggie White or Gilbert Adams or, or excuse me, Gilbert Brown yeah. or you know yeah. even this BJ Raji, yeah, was you know very Mike good. Daniels, yeah. Kenny Clark is good now. I mean, their best guys, their best guys on defense are all on the front right mm-hmm. now, and they've had good defensive players too. Whether you know it's Charles Woodson or you, you can go through the list. When's the last time the Packers had a stud linebacker? <laughs> Dude. Like, they they do not care about the positional linebacker at all. Like they haven't had a all. they haven't had like a savage Mike in so long. No, yes, ever. I can't true. think of it because they have a really good secondary right now. They That's do the strength of their defense. They do, and they can get after you. They can get after the quarterback. That's good if they need to. Yeah. But when you realize your quarterback is only going to lose you football games, so you only throw the ball fourteen times because you only have to throw it fourteen times, or actually not even that. Yeah. I mean, the Vikings win this game by 20 if they throw it only four times. Right. It's 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 incomprehensible, man. The the I know you hate you hate this, but like when they line Dalvin Cook up two yards even deeper than he usually lines up, they put CJ Ham mm-hmm. off center and they run that the pull and pin, and it's just like this thing of beauty where you just see one lineman hit, the second lineman hit, C.J. Ham hits on the linebacker, and Dalvin Cook literally does not get touched for eight it's, yards, it's, and then he drags guys for another eight. It's unbelievable. I mean, when it works, it's pretty pretty nice. And, that, and that's why even with the tears, we've seen the Saints look very vulnerable at times. We've seen the Cardinals look vulnerable at times, the Rams. I just think we're winding down to a playoff that's going to be spun like – it's wide open with a ton of contenders, but in reality, I think there's only a handful of contenders. The contending is to make the playoffs and to win early, but at the end of the day, to me, this thing is cut and dry. It's Seattle, Tampa Bay, KC, Pitt, Baltimore. That's it. Yeah, the thing, the the, the only thing that I would you know pump the brakes on a little bit on this is when you completely get exposed. Uh, I think it's easy for teams sometimes like to to be so into what it is that they're doing to think that they're closer than what they are. You know what I mean? Like I think teams are like, "Oh yeah, we haven't done this well, but we're going to get it. Like we're close. We're going to figure it out. Like mm-hmm. we're go- we know mm-hmm. what our problem is and we need to do it." When when it goes the other way like it did for Green Bay yesterday, I think that all of a sudden Matt LaFleur and 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 Gudenkunst go into the room together and go no, 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 no. This will undo us again, just like it did exactly. against San Francisco last year again. Yep. We can't do this. Yep. And if you are willing and able to have that very honest conversation before the trade deadline, by the way, which I might add we still are for yet a few more days, then you can do something about it. And But you but you have to make that choice because it ain't there to be done right now. And this is where coaching becomes such a gigantic portion of the NFL landscape because now we're to the midpoint where teams decide if they're buyers or sellers, are they going to make some trades, are they going to make some moves, how you manage an IR, who you bring an off IR, who you getting back in the lineup, all that stuff. When you look at some of these teams that could be but aren't quite elite teams in their division, you got a blueprint, and that's what everybody's going to copy. It's a copycat yeah, league. Yeah. You just don't let Tennessee have the ball. Because they can't stop you on defense. They have the worst third down conversion percentage for their opponents. Opponents are converting third downs at a higher percentage right now, if it was to stand, than in any time in the history of the NFL. But Buffalo, just let Josh Allen wig out. That's what you got to do. You just let, I mean, he's feast or famine. Sometimes he's red hot. But if he's not, let him melt down. Even Baltimore has a definitive deficiency. They can't come from behind. 
They have to be a front-running team because their offense, whether they're down in points or they're down in yardage, they 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 can't operate. They have to have third and twos. They got to have a seven to ten point lead, or they can't operate. And it's the same thing. That that's why the Rams are actually intriguing to me. Stop right there. Okay, I have a question for you. Yep. Right after the break, we'll continue with the NFL next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. How we doing? Happy Monday. Pretty good out there. Okay. Bucks, Giants, Monday Night Football, Tutel Nuanas. Monday night, SWX Television and ESPN Radio. Good to be with you. Thanks for letting us roll along with you at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skellin Sports MT, your relevant Twitter handles. Uh, Colter, we've been talking the NFL. We're talking about the best teams in the NFL. I tiered teams according to uh, all of the great power and insight I have on this, which is uh, really unending and massive. Um. Who's the biggest mystery in the NFL? Who is the biggest mystery? What football team is the biggest mystery? Well, I think after watching what we... I know you're going to hate this answer, but after watching what we watched yesterday, I think that the Vikings are the most underachieving team in the NFL. Okay. I think that their their formula for success is very, very simple. You, you give the ball to the best running back in the NFL. Yeah. And get out of the way. See, but that doesn't seem like a mystery. That seems like the opposite of right. a mystery. I, I was just looking at the Vikings schedule. The Vikings are two and five right now. And that two and five comes as a result of getting blown out by the Packers in week one, but also one point loss to the Titans, one point loss to the Seahawks, where if Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt, they likely win that game. Yep. But then completely anomalous losses to the Colts, which they refused to run the ball, so dumb. And the Falcons, which, how did that happen? I don't even know. But it's also a terrible matchup for the Vikings because the Falcons, all they do is chuck it deep, and they'd been in comeback mode for so long that they just roasted the Vikings secondary. That's the problem is it's the matchups for the Vikings. But when you look at their schedule upcoming, tell me which of these, I mean, they have Lions at home, at the Bears, Cowboys at home, Panthers at home, Jaguars at home. Yeah, no. They, I mean, if they got to seven and five, it wouldn't be that outlandish, right? Here's but the, they won't. Here's because the right they got answer. Captain Kirk. Actually, I'm going to say this: they're not the mo- there's two intriguing te- or two mystery teams in the AFC. It's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. The biggest mystery in the NFC uh, the, is the, the Los Angeles two, Rams. The Los Angeles Rams are sitting here at five and three. They are a team that when they've looked their best have looked great have looked like a contender and when they've been at their worst they have looked like nobody they go in and lose to Tua in his first ever start who threw for like what like 93 yards or something like this in one touchdown and they can't play a lick give up a defensive score and lose to the Miami Dolphins 28-17 and I'll say this the Dolphins are better 
than what people have thought they were going to be. They're they're legitimately decent to good football team, okay, who won despite making this foolish decision to change quarterbacks at this moment in time. And they they and they did it, but but if the Rams, if you want to be good, you got to win this football game against the first time starter in the NFL. Is with Aaron Donald up there just body slamming two on the second play of the game. You have to win this game, and they weren't even close. They were, in fact, even though it was relatively low scoring, they were blown out of this game, 28-17, and they scored late to get it to that. So I, I am, I am wondering what I have in the LA Rams because when they've been on it, they've been really, really good. They have the talent to be really, really good, to be a contender. They're not even in my top three tiers at this moment in the NFC as a result of the loss yesterday, but also what I view as a team that if you aren't good and you have talent, then where does the problem lie? Is it in coaching? Is it in effort? Is it in scheme? Is it elsewhere? I don't know what the answer is, but this is a team that has talent and has played really well and also has talent and has played really poorly. And I can't have, I can't believe in you if you're going to be a roller coaster. You know what I mean? Like if our bad teams are, at least the Jets are consistent. You know what I mean? Sure. They stink. They're not sometimes good. Sure. Every team has a down day. Okay, that happens, but this 5-3 and three business of losing to bad teams or okay teams when you're supposed to be good and then going out and beating good teams on your best day, like, I don't know what to say about it. So I, I, I think the Rams, to me, are a mystery. In terms of what we're consuming as a football-watching public, I don't know if the observations have caught up with how rapidly the way that, every, the way that so many teams operate has changed. It used to be you ran an offense. You ran a scheme. Mm-hmm. Now you run a system. So many teams run systems. And when that system gets broken, even the Niners, I think that when you hear system, you think spread. The Rams are the most easy to see through the common eye, the system that they run. It's all based on mechanisms. You need one part to make the next guy better. Robert Woods when they had Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, are all much better together than they ever could be apart. It's totally different than what a team like the Cardinals do where they force-feed their best player, or what the Falcons do where they force-feed Julio Jones, the Cardinals obviously being DeAndre Hopkins. Whereas when you have one mechanism out, it makes it, it hurts everybody. And it's what the Niners are going through right now. You take George Kittle out, you take Debo Samuel out, you take Rasheem Mostert out, Obviously, if you take your three best skill players out of any team, you're going to be hurting. But even if you just had one of those guys out, it kills you, let alone two, let alone three. It breaks the way that you're able to operate offensively. And I think that more teams in the NFL are running offensive systems than ever before. And so when you ask, I I, I get what you're asking now as far as redefining the mystery. To me, the Rams, they're five and three. They're inconsistent, but they're not mysterious. Their loss yesterday was spurred on by one thing and one thing alone, turnovers. And to me, if it's a singular situation where you're turning the ball over and not a trend, it's actually much easier to fix than what the Packers got. The Packers don't have two inside linebackers that can help them stop the inside zone coming anytime soon. So anybody that can run that system, anybody that can run that scheme, is going to run it right down their throat. Whereas the Rams, I think if you just figure out how to take care of the ball, it's a little bit easier to uh, to remedy. The Colts are another interesting one, though. Like, like you said, they're sitting here at 5-2. and two. They've actually won two weeks in a row. Per-
pretty decisively. I think that the reason that we are so um, we're so perplexed by the Colts is that when you look at the way that their team is made up, you assume that they should be winning games by running the ball down people's throats. And then Jonathan Taylor right now has 100 carries on the dot for 389 yards. He's not even averaging four yards a carry. Yeah. It seems ridiculous yeah. because they have such a good offensive line, and he should be so good, but they're just not yet. And so I think that because they're not winning games like we thought they were going to, it makes them seem mysterious. But in fact, they're actually in a better position than a lot of teams across the league. You want to know why else the Rams are a mystery? Hmm. They've lost to the Dolphins, the 49ers, and the Bills. Okay. You know who they've beat? The Bears and the NFC East. Ooh. The entire division. Ooh. That's not five good wins. In fact, that ain't one good win. Well, and the Rams are the same way, though, because the Rams would beat the entire NFC East and the Bears. That's what I'm saying. That's... <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, 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 I'm oh, talking sorry. about the Rams. You're talking about the Rams. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were talking about the Colts. I was like, wow, I can't believe they both have beat the No, no, no. NFC's. No, no the, the Colts have beat the Vikings, the Jets, the Bears, the Bengals, and the Lions. So, actually, they don't really have that marquee of a win either. And, and their losses are to the Jaguars, bad, and the Browns, not a great loss. And look, the NFC West, they're all playing the NFC East, okay? So, the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Niners are all going to be 4-0. You know, in those games, just so happens that that's what the Niners have already done. So, you know, it's nothing. It's what it is. But, like, if your best team, if your best win is the Chicago Bears, okay, the Bears are 5-3, and three, whatever, went to overtime yesterday. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Got to see more than that. And they're losing to the Niners, who were, you know, very much hamstrung when they played them. In fact, the, the Niners used the Rams as a get-right game. That ain't good. The Bills, what are the Bills right now? They already beat them. So... I don't know, man. I'm trying to. I'm sitting here trying to figure it out. To me, there's a couple. There's a couple of teams that are mysterious only because they've looked lackluster more often than not, while still being off to good starts. The Colts are one of them, certainly. But like, just compare and contrast the Titans and the Colts. They're five and two records. They have the exact same record, but the Titans have looked really good sometimes, yep. and the Colts have not right. looked that good. The Saints are also in the same boat, though. The Saints are sitting there at five and two. When you watch them objectively, they're just nowhere near what they have been. But I wonder why. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the missing link is. Besides the fact that obviously their best offensive player, Michael Thomas, is out. Well, and they're 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 playing not as good defense. But you know what? The fact they're still five and two is like wow. Okay, I mean, show me what you got. But they, but it's there for the taking. It is there for the taking in the NFC. It's just amazing how you look at these are the teams that are sort of all in that same tier: the Bills, the Titans, the Colts, the Saints, the Bears the Packers and the Bucks. They all are 5 and 2. Every single one of those teams I just named. Mm-hmm. And the and the Bucks everybody's just like, "Wow, here comes Tampa." Whereas if you're a Packers fan, you're sitting here, well, "What are we going to do for the rest of the year?" Right. If you're a Saints fan, you're like, "Well, we're just hanging on for dear life, barely beating the Bears in overtime hanging by a field goal." It it is unbelievable. The that's other- why but that's what I, that was my whole point about the Vikings though because I do think here's what's going to happen in the second half of this NFL season. The Jets are going to continue to stink. The Jaguars are going to continue to stink. The Chargers are going to continue to blow 17-point leads. We didn't even get to that one, but that's just an amazing thing. They're the first team in the history of NFL football. Can you buy Can you buy the Broncos finally? I mean, if they, <laughs> if they, weren't, playing, if they weren't playing the, I'm just going to sit here and piss away a 21-point lead every single week. I mean, it's not possible. The well, Chargers, it is possible because well, it's they, actual. They've done it. But here's what I'm getting at, though. Those teams are going to continue to be what they are. 
But the Bengals, the Vikings, maybe even the Chargers, we'll see. The Falcons, those teams are going to beat teams down the stretch. Mm -hmm. The Falcons could still have four wins up their sleeve Mm -hmm. in their last eight games. The Vikings could still have six wins up their sleeve in their last eight games. Now, don't get out of your mind. The Bengals, Joe Burrow, though, now that he's got a breakthrough against a good team, beat the Titans pretty pretty handily yesterday. Yeah. They could have three, four wins up their sleeve left on the docket. And so that's going to be the thing that makes this thing all coming back to earth. Though. If you're talking about the teams that are five and two hanging on, well, don't be surprised when they're losing to two and five teams because they're barely hanging that's on. That's right. And one of those teams that's going to lose to a two and five team that they're five and three is the Cleveland Browns, who just cannot have anything good. They just, they, you, they, I like, I'm just a believer that you just lose in virtue of the jersey that you got on. Baker Mayfield comes out and looks all world as the AFC player of the week last week, throws for like 130 yards and no touchdowns against an okay but not great, oh, uh, you know, Vegas defense. Unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. And this is why, this is every, this is why everybody's going to get on Baker and continues to because. I just said you can't be a football team that's a roller coaster. You can't be great and then be bad. That's what Baker Mayfield is as a quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback who's horrifically inconsistent, but you can't go out and do this and not score any points whether you're off. No, no, unacceptable. Is he better without Odell Beckham? Obviously he ain't. I mean, just went out here and threw for no yards and no touchdowns and a loss the first game that he hasn't had him. So, yeah. This is that one to rest. This is what I'm talking about when you run a system, though, too, is I think that if, you, if you're if you running this a true spread-style system, sometimes having a definitive number one guy, if he's a number one guy that's a big play guy that doesn't need volume to produce like DK Metcalf, that's great. If he's a guy that needs volume to produce, though, sometimes that guy can sort of screw up the system because you have to force-feed him. So now the quarterback's going outside of his reads. It's why you see Pittsburgh look so much more fluid offensively because now they have all of these weapons and Ben Roethlisberger has is among the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history in spreading the ball around. I don't know. I just think you throw it to the open guy if there's an open guy, whoever it turns out to be. I know, but oftentimes the open guy, Odell Beckham's going to get open more often than not. Yeah. And if you don't throw him the ball when he's open, he's going to freak out on you. Well, you should throw him the ball when he's open. I know, but that doesn't keep defenses nearly as honest as when you have an array of weapons across the board. Well, they do have an array of rep weapons, and if he turns out to get eight catches or ten catches and everybody else gets five, then you've spread it out pretty well. But this is, I mean, you can't do this. You can't do this, Baltimore. Cleveland, terrible. But they he's not good, so it's not surprising, right? Take a quick break. I think he's... He's not good. He's not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, you know, these, this is when you get muted for, for stupid things like that that you say. Sports are back, boys and girls. Rocking and rolling midway of the NFL season. College football. pac is coming back this weekend. Get over to the Silver Slipper and watch them. 55 televisions for you to watch them on. 55. Whether it's the NFL or college football, whatever you want, Silver Slipper are going to have it for you. Drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, pizza, everything you need. It's right there. There's no else, nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. All about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. And by the way, the card room is back in open. Games every night at 7 o'clock. Call or text 333-1500. 
That's 333-1500, or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. They're on Brooks, right on the south end of town, right there next to the Country Club. You can check them out on Facebook as well. Find out their daily drink specials, the Silver Slipper. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Apropos, no handlebars. Uh, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, uh, your relevant Twitter handles. If you missed anything at all in the show, Go give it a listen on the podcast. To Tell Nuwana's podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Listen anytime you'd like, as long as you'd like. On the, well, it is the World Wide Web, I guess, at the end of the day. But, you know, your favorite podcasting platforms, Google, Apple, etc. Podcast available thanks to uh, Blackfoot Communications. Coulter, tonight, Monday Night Football. Something's going on tomorrow, too. I'm trying to remember what. Uh, it is, but the, uh, the Masters starts on Thursday. Is that is it this Thursday this week? Huh? I believe that's right. I got to go look. It's it, it's going to be an interesting deal. Have the Masters? I know Masters doesn't start till next week. It's Sorry, a week, a week, a week away. It, the twelfth, okay. ten days from now. It's still going. Oh, it's going to take so long. It's going to be the longest ten days of my life. Man, uh, here's the thing: the uh, Masters. I'm obviously super pumped for. It's my favorite golf tournament. Uh, it's going to be an interesting deal to have Sunday at Augusta happening on an NFL Sunday. True. You know what I mean? How about this? Okay. Tiger Woods is the defending champ of the Masters. <laughs> right. <laughs> that Crazy. was just yeah two lifetimes ago. Yeah. yeah. What what has happened since then? Yeah. That makes my brain hurt. I'm like no looking, doubt. I'm sitting here looking at the Masters website. Defending champion Tiger Woods. Huh? Uh, the Buccaneers are 12.5-point favorites tonight, Monday Night Football against the uh, New York Football Giants. Where are you at on that, Coulter? Well, I think that the Giants are so underwhelming. The Bucks, 
whatever happened against the Bears, it's very clear to me that they had a meeting or something something changed internally. But that's only one game ago, right? Mm, no, they've looked good for two weeks in a row. They thrashed the Packers and then they thrashed the Raiders. Did they did they did they beat the Raiders and Packers since then? Yes. Okay. I believe that's right. Yes, two wins in a row. 38-10 over the Packers, 45-20 over the Raiders. Okay. But they really just pulled away from people. Yeah. Their defense has been talented. It's actually weird that they lost, in my mind, one of their best defensive players in Vita Vea. Uh, it, it, was it the Bears game or the Packers game? It it was, I, I can't recall, but... He broke his leg. He's out. He's out. But then they have just shut teams down defensively the last two it's weeks. It's almost too. like they got good linebackers, huh? The great linebackers, but... It was almost inexcusable, though, if you have Vita Vea and Dominican Sue, Shaq Barrett, and then those two great linebackers, Levante David and Devin White, that front seven, to give up Loaded. 31 points to the Chargers yeah. or to give up you know, 25 points. I, yeah. mean, I guess the Saints are pretty good on offense, but regardless. Yeah. Um, but they've turned a corner, and <laughs> we've seen this throughout sports forever. Guys that are abrasive, my way or the highway type leaders, like Tom Brady is, oftentimes it takes a little while mm-hmm. for teams to. It even took him a little while to get going in New England. Usually, well, and I mean he's learning a new scheme. He's learning. I mean, well, it's, it's all. I don't know much how much of a new scheme he's learning. Oh yeah, he's implementing a lot of his own stuff oh, too. Sure, but I mean it's, it's regardless. It takes a little while for especially young teams to to be like, okay, are we going to follow this guy? Okay, we're going to follow this guy. And then that's why these big wins, though, sometimes a loss like the loss to the Bears, which is a bad one, is actually the best thing that ever happened to you. Because then Tom Brady could say, hey, shut up, sit down, this is what we're going to do. And then when you go score, you know, 93 points over the last two (laughs) weeks, you're like, oh, that's why this guy has six rigs. Uh, Uh, I just think tonight's going to be a snoozer. I think the Giants are terrible, and I think that the Bucs are going to thrash him. Yeah, well, it's the NFC East. Offensive prime teach time. tape. Three of four teams in prime time this the week. The stupidest part is that the NFL's never going to change it, because I guarantee you, as much of that game last night was just a headache, it probably had some of the highest ratings of the year, because those two teams just have fan bases that don't ever go away. It doesn't well, matter course. if they're terrible. Yeah, of course. It's Philadelphia, it's New York, it's Dallas. Let's go. Uh, boys and girls, it is a Monday evening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Got a couple of guests for you. Justin Angle going to join us tomorrow. Excited about that. Uh, just, you know, one quick thing. I'm very happy about this. I saw this earlier today. Montana has already had more votes turned in early here than all the entire 2016 general election. So that's outstanding. But just one week. I know it's polarized. I know it's polemic. I know it's not necessarily, you know, fun and happy, but it is a good thing to do. And to me, even an enjoyable thing to do. So go vote. Go, go fill out the thing and take it down there. And, you know, if you got stuff that you don't want or whatever, then fine. Like, you don't have to, you know, do it all. But participate. Find somebody that's good. Find somebody that you like. Avoid the landmines and have a great day at the polls tomorrow. We will be back with you. See you telling new on ESPN Radio. We like you all. Good night. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.